Um, listen, I'm going to, I need to tell you a word. I'm going to say a word, and th- when I say it, um, it's, it's one of the most under, or underappreciated words, misunderstood words in Christianity, okay? And, and here it is. You ready? <laughs> Holiness. Right, exactly. So when I said that word, um, you had one of maybe three reactions. Some of you pictured this man. We had that man up there? Yeah, this dude right here, right? Looks, looks a lot like Cody with a beard, doesn't it? Um, so this man is like weird clothes, weird hat. Some of you didn't picture that man. You pictured this guy, and here's why. Because I said holiness, and what you thought was, uh-huh, goody two-shoes, too good for anybody else, and so they're alone. Now some of you. Some of you pictured this guy, and here's why. Because the way we understand holiness is it's something that it's a bunch of stuff to do or not to do. You have to act a certain way or not act a certain way. And when you really start to think about holiness, you just get exhausted. But whatever your reaction was, I can guarantee you that when I said the word holiness, none of you pictured this guy, right? None of you were thinking, yay, holiness, woo And that's, that's kind of a shame. And let me tell you why. Because in the Bible, holiness is kind of a big deal. I know it's going to be, you can, you can get rid of that, maybe. <laughs> Hebrews 12, 14 says this, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Um, I don't know about you, but I would like to see Jesus. Okay, so I like plain verses. Without A, you will not receive B. So if I really want to get B, I'd like to know what I need to do to have A. So without holiness, no one will see the Lord. I'd like to know how can I make sure I have holiness so that I can make sure that I see the Lord. So today what we're talking about is holiness. Now, we're in this series called Stand. And, and I told you when I first started Stand that um, this is not a series to convince you that you should stand because all of us know that we should stand. You know that the will of God is not for any of us to lay down and quit. So this is a series about how to stand. And so here's how we stand. We talked about standing in obedience. We put on the armor. We stand in obedience. We talked about standing up through prayer, right? So in prayer, we access the heart of God, and then we bring that down into our perspective on earth. We talked last week about standing with one another, standing in unity, and this morning we're talking about standing out. God really wants you to stand out, not because you dress weird. He wants you to stand out. He wants you to stand out in holiness. So because holiness is such a misunderstood word, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make it really, really simple. I just want to talk about two aspects of holiness. It's not even going to be long you got notes right there. You're going to want to take notes. And some of you are going to be set free from a lot of stuff today just because of the way that we have misunderstood the word holiness. I want us to talk about two aspects of holiness, and it all starts with a 10-cow woman. There was this island, and there was this father on the island, and he had two daughters. His younger daughter was beautiful. His older daughter was, eh, Right? And on this island, they measured the beauty of women by how many cows they would fetch at a wedding. So if you wanted to marry a woman, you had to pay a dowry, and the dowry was a cowrie. That was, that was so bad. I'm so sorry. Let's just, let's just move on. I need to stop milking that one for all it's worth. Anyway, so it was utterly ridiculous. That was so good. So 
in this, on this, this island, if you, were, if you were a woman of exceptional beauty, like a, kind of a little bit better than average, you might get three cows. I mean, if you were a supermodel, you were a five-cow woman. Now this, this father, his youngest daughter, was probably going to be a three-cow woman. But his older daughter, if, if you could pull the man aside and just ask him to be honest, he would have said this. I'm hoping for two. I'd be happy with one. And if I could meet a man who promised to really take care of her, I'd probably let her go with none. Well, a man showed up on the island one day, and he's looking for a wife. And he sat down with his father, and he said, I would like to marry one of your daughters. And the, fa- the father's like, that's awesome. And he says, I'd, I'd like to marry your oldest daughter. And then the guy's like, woo, on the inside, right? He's like being cool on the outside. But on the end, he's like, this is great. Maybe I'll get a cow. And he did. The man gave the father ten cows for his oldest daughter. The father was overjoyed. And then they got married. They went away for a one-year honeymoon. Somebody say amen to that idea. And at the end of that year, they came back to the island, and to everybody's amazement, especially the fathers, they could not get over how poised this woman was, how much grace she had, how stunningly beautiful she was. And it was all because a man didn't see a one-cow woman. He saw a ten-cow woman. And the price he paid for her revealed who she really was. And over that year, she began to live about who she was and not who people thought she was. Listen, identity is everything. Identity changes destiny. Identity fuels activity. Identity is everything. When we act according to who we are. So when we think about holiness, let's be honest. We think about stuff to do a certain way to act, a certain way to dress, make sure you wear a Christian T-shirt, right? We think about all all these things that we have to do, but I want to just blow your mind for a second in in 1 Peter 2, verse 9. 1 Peter 2, verse 9, this is what Peter writes. But you are, we just say are, like not the letter R, right? A-R-E, but you are a chosen people. A royal priesthood. And in my Bible, the next one is a holy nation. I want to make sure you get this. There's two aspects to holiness. The first aspect is the identity of holiness, right? Peter said, not you are hoping to become holy. You are striving to be more holy. You are working at getting less bad and more good. He said, but you are a holy nation. Like, don't say anything to the person next to you, but just look at them. Do they look holy? They're thinking the same thing about you. It's all good, right? But the Bible says, if you are following Jesus Christ, that you are holy. Inspired by the Holy Spirit to write the very words of God. Peter, remember Peter, right? He made more mistakes than progress. Peter said, but we are a holy nation. Identity is everything. You've got to get this. This is the most foundational part of holiness, and it's the part that no one ever talks about. You are. You know what that word literally means? You are called out. You are the called out ones. 
You are set apart. Didn't say you're weird, right? Just said you're called out. Peter goes on to say this. He says, you're a holy nation, and you've been called out of darkness into light. So the word holy literally means called out ones and set apart. That's your identity. That's who you are. We're not even talking about your lifestyle yet. This is just who you are. Whether you're living like a one-cow woman or not, you're called out. Your identity is ten cows. You're set apart. God saw something in you and in me, and he said, I want that. And he called you out, and he set you apart. Verse 10 says that you once weren't a people, but now you are a people. You once didn't have mercy, but now you have received mercy. God is saying that we were a certain way, but now we are. We're different. And you please get this. It's all based on Jesus. None of it is based on you. Like This is when you want to take a deep breath and just exhale. It has nothing to do with you. First point, we are called out because of what Jesus did. We're called out because of what Jesus did. Now, if you came to my house and we had a big giant party, we've done that on occasion, and let's say it was something that was going to be for me, like a birthday party, and Wendy had made my favorite pie, which is, of course, mud pie. I don't know if you ever had mud pie. Not the kind you made as kids, but like coffee, ice cream, chocolate syrup, whipped cream, like almonds on top, and like I want the whole pie, right? I mean, that's just an amazing pie. Anyway, if she made that and all of you came to my house and she knew, oh, snap, there is not enough pie for everybody to have pie, and like Paul's not going to get his favorite piece. You know what she would do? She would cut a piece of pie, and she would pull it out, and she would set it aside. And she would have set it aside for a very important reason. She wants me to eat it later. That's what holiness is, okay? God pulls us out. He calls us out, and he sets us apart for a purpose. And here's the purpose. And he wants you to stand out. He wants you to stand out. We're, we're called out because of what Jesus did. That's the identity of holiness. And then we stand out because of what we do, and that's the activity of holiness. And that's the part that we've always jacked up, right? Oh, you better act holy. You better put on that crazy hat. You better be too good for anybody else. That's the activity of holiness. That We've always made that the most important thing, but what you've got to see is that identity fuels activity. Identity fuels activity. If we are holy, then we will do holy. So Peter, he's writing, and he says this, dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your good works and glorify God on the day he visits us. We stand out based on what we do. So even in this, even here, it's all based on identity, right? He says, dear friends, I urge you as, that's a word of identity, as aliens. Not what you were, but as who you are now, based in that identity, flee evil desires. Be different. 
I mean, when we reverse this, when we think that our activity fuels identity, we'll become miserable. We'll become the, the high school jock that knows nothing about who he is anymore. He sits on a porch and talks about the glory days because all he ever knew was that he was a football player. And now that that's over, he doesn't know who he is. Activity never determines identity. Identity always fuels activity. And so Peter says, look, you're called out. He's called you out and he set you apart. That's the identity. You're, you are holy. And as a holy people, now let's do some holy things based in your identity. We're called out because of what Jesus did. We stand out because of what we do. So First Peter, just show you real quick how identity fuels activity. First Peter, chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. He says this, But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, Be holy because I am holy. Listen, I'm a church kid. I was raised in church. I've heard that verse so many times, and here's how I've always heard it. Straighten up. You better be holy. God's mad at you if you're not. You better get your act in gear. You're embarrassing your, your heavenly father. You better be holy because he's holy. Don't make me come down there, God. Like this is why the world thinks that God is mad at them. But I want you to see what he really said. He said, just as your heavenly father's identity is holy, so you also be holy. You are called out and you are set apart. Your identity is holy. And so be holy in where? All that you do. I, it is impossible for me to go anywhere and not be me. Everywhere I go, I do things as me. When your identity is holy, you bring the holiness of God and who you are into every area of your life. And what we've done is we have reversed it and made a whole bunch of mad, grumpy, miserable Christians who are trying to act a certain way so people will think that they are a certain thing so that God will somehow be happy with them. And they have missed this very fundamental truth that at the cross, Jesus made you holy. But you are a chosen people. You are a holy nation. So be holy because you can't help it because you are. And then be holy in all that you do. Identity fuels activity. We live based on who and whose we are. So here's what that, this means. Let's just make this really practical while we kind of wrap it up. We can, we can talk about addiction because Cody shared his testimony. If you are making bad choices over and over and over again, just consistently bad choices, here's what's happening. You are the people that the world looks at and says, I could never go to church because church is just full of hypocrites. What I want you to hear me say is this. We are called to pursue holiness. But the pursuit is this. The pursuit is what that woman on that island probably experienced that first half of the year when she acted like a one-cow woman, but her husband kept saying, but you're not a one-cow woman. You're a ten-cow woman. And the gap between who she was and how she was acting was here. And God wants us to raise the standard of our living to match the standard of our identity. But it's all based on identity. God's not up in heaven saying, well, if you'll just act better, I'll be your father. 
It's like, no, man, do you get it? Like, you're better than that. You're better than that. I know because I bought you. I made you a 10-cow woman. Oh, well, dude. A 10-cow dude, right? We are 10-cow people because of what he did. We are called out because of what Jesus did. We stand out now because of what we do. And, and I don't know how identity really messes with you. But I do know this. If we're always trying to earn approval, we will make the worst decisions. But when we rest in this one fact at the cross, when you've accepted what Jesus did at the cross, you have become a son and a daughter of a holy God. God doesn't do holy stuff so he can be holy. He just is holy. He is altogether other than us. He is holy. He is separate, called out. There's like two categories, God, everything else. And when he saves us through Christ, he calls us into that. He says, now you're, now you're my child. He's cutting that piece of pie, pulling it out. I'm setting you aside for a purpose, and here's the purpose, that your life would match the identity that I've just given you. You were a slave, and so you lived like a slave, but now you're a son, and I want you to have the freedom of living like a son. Sometimes my kids will ask me permission to do stuff, and I'll just look at them like they're crazy, which means they look at me like I'm crazy. Nothing gets done, right? It's just like, but I keep thinking, why are you asking me permission to do what I've already said you could? Everything I have is yours. Just take the car. Just take it. And God's looking at us saying, guys, just take the car. Everything I have is yours, even my identity. You're not earning that. He's given it to you. Close your eyes for a second. We've got, we got to pray and wrap this up. I want you to close your eyes so you can say this out loud and not feel weird like people are looking at you, okay? Just say, we are. See, in that one statement, there is no striving. There's no earning. There's no, well, I might be if. There's no condition. It's just we are. Say, I am. Did you hear that? When Moses said, who do I tell them sent me? God said, tell them I am. Even God's own name is a statement of identity. I am sent you. Who do we belong to? I am. And identity is everything. And, and if you're here this morning and you've been wrestling with bad choices, I want to say this as lovingly as I possibly can. You don't have an activity problem. You have an identity problem. You have forgotten who you are. And when we remember who we are and whose we are, man, when we remember our identity, we suddenly stop living below that. And I want to call you this morning to raise your standard of living. Not to earn it, 
or earn something, to prove something, but simply in response to who God says you are. One last thing, and then we'll pray. A lot of times when we live holy lives, when we make these kind of choices, what we think is that holiness is restrictive, right? Well, your friends ask you to go to a movie, and you're like, well, I I really want to go, but I don't think I can because it's like rated R, and I don't think I can do that, and the elders at my church will kick me out. By the way, that's not true, just so you know. If it's a Disney movie, no, I'm kidding, just kidding. Let's keep, let's keep moving, right? Holiness is not restrictive. Holiness is responsive. Holiness is, I, I, I used to kind of want to do that stuff. I just don't want to anymore. Like, what's wrong with you? Why would you not want to? Let's just use alcohol. We're in a bar. It makes sense, right? Hey, you want to go drink with us? It would be a blast. No, I'm, I'm good. Oh, you're too good for us? Uh, well, actually, um, no, I'm not too good for you. I just, I used to drink because there was an emptiness inside of me. And so somehow that emptiness made it feel like it was fun to hug a toilet the next day. That's how jacked up I was. But what I found is that I was drinking for the, all the wrong reasons. And, and I found somebody who loves me for just who I am. And I don't have that hole anymore. I don't need to do that anymore. It's probably more than you're asking for. That's why I just said no. But if you really want to know why I'm not going, that's why. And I believe that you could be just as full of that and not need to do those things either. See, it's not restrictive. I can't. It's responsive. I don't want to anymore. Because I've been loved with a love that is amazing and has changed me. Cody is evidence of that. Cody is not some notch on the belt of the gathering. Cody is a trophy of grace to the saving power of Jesus because he's been loved with a love that will not stop. And we respond to that with holiness. All right, now we got to pray. So close your eyes. And let's just take a minute. Can we just take a minute to respond to that kind of grace? Whatever that picture was at the beginning of this this sermon, the beginning of this message about holiness, whether it was the guy with the crazy hat or the person all by himself or the person exhausted, what I want you to see, man, what I want you to see this morning is that when it comes to holiness, we really can be the guy that was clapping and cheering and excited because holiness, this is how we see the Lord. Because holiness means that he has reached into our lives and he has called us out because he loves us. And he has set us apart. And now we can stand out. We can live differently because he reached out and called us out. This morning, I would love just to close this out praying for you. If you're here this morning, there's a lot of people that can respond. Let's just start with a few. Your lifestyle is so far below your identity in Christ, you don't even know how to fix it. Just as we've been talking today, you've been thinking through the last week, the last month. You've been thinking through these choices you've been making. And you're realizing, not from a shaming way, but from the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you're just realizing, man, I am, I'm like the prodigal son who came to himself while he was feeding pigs and realized, I'm better than this. This is not who I am. I don't need to do this anymore. I'm going to go back to my father. 
and you're having that moment right now, and it could be an addiction, it could be all kinds of things, but you're having that moment right now when you realize, I want to live to my identity. I want to raise my standard of living to match my standard of identity. And if that's you, would you just raise your hand? If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Thank you so much. Anybody else? Thanks, guys. Anybody else? All right. Let me tell you one other group. Thank you so much. We're going to pray in just a minute. Now, this is my group. This is my tribe because I was raised in church. And I know what it's like to look at red-faced preachers that shame you. There's a group of people in this room right now, and when we talk about holiness, you are exhausted because you have tried your whole life to achieve it. And this morning, for the first time, you heard the Holy Spirit say, you can't strive for what you already have. You are holy. And you're having a realization of how powerful the work of Jesus was on the cross. And God wants that shame off of you. And I want to pray for you. I I want to pray for you because that was me. That's my testimony. And God is setting me free from that. And I want that freedom for you. And if that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me? I would love to pray for you too. Thank you so much. Thank you. All over the room. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So let's pray. Father, listen, God, there's so many ways that we could respond today. But ultimately, we want to respond at the foot of the cross. You are breaking us, God, of stuff that we do not need. Man, we don't need the heaviness of shame. We don't need the the shackles of addiction. We don't need to continually make choices in a pigsty with, with pig slop when you've called us to be sons and daughters of a king. And I thank you that we never have to make choices to earn anything from you. We simply are choosing holiness as a response to what you've already done. And I thank you that I get to stand in front of a church this morning that is full of people who are not perfect, and yet they are called out by Jesus. We thank you for the cross and what he did. And I pray you would fill us, God, with your spirit Fill us full of power and conviction that we would be so overwhelmed by the love shown to us at the cross that our entire lives would be lived in response to that. And that that passion we have for you would be what makes us stand out. That the world would not look at us and say, you are weird. They would look at us and say, who are you so in love with? And how can I Meet him. Please, God, do that work in us. In your name, Jesus. Amen.